Airport, nothing is cooperating. Least of all the wheels on the 50 buck suitcase they received from mom and dad for graduating, a thousand and five in their class for a degree they'll be paying for until they die. The fog in their glasses, caused by heavy breathing into a protective mask, obscures their vision and adds to their growing sense of division and uncertainty in this world. Then thud. They lose the battle of the suitcase. Dropping the duffel from the suitcase handle, they stop, close their eyes, and shake their head, ears turning red. Nope. You're not going to cry. Just get to your terminal and get home. Talon picks up their bags, takes a long, stifled breath through the protective mask. The fog creates a complete whiteout, visual doubt. They drop the bags and wipe their glasses off with their t-shirt, grab the boarding pass from their pocket, and take a quick look at it. B-23, I just need to get out of this germ pool. Peyton will be ready to talk by now. We'll be okay. They tuck it away, pick up the bags, and walk away, this time with a more strident beat at times dragging the bag until they can deftly flip it back onto its wheels with a small grunt, but never stopping. Just keep on walking, Tay. B-21, B-22, B-23. There it is. Just get to good old B-23. Break open this bag of white rabbit. Oh, sweet, chewy. Really the best thing about this germ hole. I would have smuggled in a case if I could have. Even from a terminal away and through dewy lenses, Talon can see that B-23 is the busiest terminal. When they arrive in front of it, they check their boarding pass once again and begin looking for a seat. They compete. After some searching through the mass of masked humanity and during a calamity, perhaps trying to return to a family, they find a seat between an elderly Chinese woman holding a scarf firmly over her mask a very broad-shouldered white guy with a buzz cut. Very tall. No mask at all. I guess this virus only kills the Chinese? They stand in front of the seat, waiting for the man to let them into the spot, but he doesn't budge. Sir, I could really use that seat. Can you make a little room? The man looks tailing up and down, faintly rolls his eyes with a frown and scoots over a few inches. Thanks. They squeeze in and arrange the bags in front of them. They pull out the bag of candy, tear it open, 
unwrap one, pop it in their mouth, and close their eyes. Fast inside the airport, fortunate to find a chair. Don't really want to wear it, but there's something in the air. Constantly refreshing till my battery flashes low. Flight, it may not happen, and I just want to go home. The people of Wuhan, they just have to stay while Americans fill the airport, hoping to fly away. Our faces hidden, but our eyes reveal the fear. A sinking realization we might not get out of here. Waiting to see if I'll get away. It might not be. Secure in a seat, Talon's standby ticket puts them by a window, toward the back. And before the 787 rises, they are falling. Falling into deep sleep. The cool, early spring Seattle air is just settling in. Into their skin. 
As they walk the four blocks from Beacon Hill stop, they see a figure on the horizon. Near the top, Talon takes flight, half running, half flying. They reach the figure with firm embrace. Jesus, Talon, I missed you. Please don't ever leave me again. And then it's just touch and skin and smell, no masks to quell. The smell of a long-awaited embrace of a lover who's been long out of time and space, and then the taste and warmth of lips and hands on hips. Excuse me, ma'am? Um, sir? Talon awakes, disoriented. The taste of Peyton lingering while they're figuring out where the hell they are. So sorry to wake you, but I'd hate for you to miss a meal. We're serving turkey on rye, chicken piccata, or perhaps you'd like vegetarian. They stretch a bit, then look out the window. Nothing but water. Neither son nor daughter, they turn to the attendant and say, Just call me Talon or excuse me, please. No, sir, ma'am. Pardon? That'll work, too. I'll have the chicken. Certainly. And can I get you a drink? Is it too early for a gin and tonic? We'll be arriving in Seattle soon, and it will be 5 p.m. The drink is on me. Content with a hot meal and a cocktail in their belly, they think back to the dream and what awaits them in Seattle. From a distance, land is coming into view. Home awaits. Back to the States. With a carry-on bag over their shoulder, Talon walks through the jetway with feet that talk of homecoming and reconciliation. They hasten, 
but as they enter the Seattle terminal, everything is standing still. Passengers who should be racing off to families and lovers and homes congregate under two large television sets in distress. In a brief press conference today, the president announced a ban on all travel from China to the U.S. effective immediately. Talon approaches the crowd and taps the shoulder of a passenger transfixed by the TV. What's this all about? Dude, it looks like we made it home just in time. One more day and we would have been stuck in China for who knows how long. Shit. I guess we got lucky. Lucky? Not if you call a 14-day quarantine lucky. You and me and everyone on this German Fezzet jet have to stay in our homes so we don't spread the virus. Come on now. Where did you hear that? Attention. Attention all passengers arriving from Beijing Flight 354. To prevent the spread of the novel coronavirus found in the Wuhan province of China, the governor of Washington has decreed that all those traveling from China must begin an immediate 14-day quarantine. See? Seeing a hand sanitizer station, Talon pumps a dab onto their hands and rubs. Many follow suit, presenting themselves as a new oblation to a newly forming God, a new revelation. Talon moves out into the stream of men and women and children and whatever, living in their own worlds. What were they thinking? Were they worried about an unseen threat from thousands of miles away? Were they scared of Tay? Or the hundreds of people, black, Latino, Caucasian, or Asian, flowing into a tinderbox already rife with division? Would the coming election be rife with infection? Just get home to Peyton. They'll know what's going on and what to do. At least we'll have each other. Wait. Will they have to quarantine for me too? It's just a precaution. I feel fine. And besides, I never set foot in Wuhan or wherever the hell this thing started. Goes to claims, grabs the luggage, hops a train. When they reach the stop, they step out onto a damp street. Journey complete. Talon looks up the hill, hoping to see the open arms of Peyton, but the street is empty. No arms, no lover awaits, only steam from grates and light rain dampening their hair. Talon pulls out their phone and dials their home. It rings. And rings. Um, babe? Hey, so I just stepped off the train. Are you home? Okay, well, I'm headed your way. Love you! (laughs) We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Evatar. We'd like to thank our sponsors for helping make Evatar happen. Norman Music Institute, Massive Graphics, the fabulous Brenda Barnes Wheelock, the Mandolin Conservatory of Central Northeastern Oklahoma, and one generous but anonymous fish. Our performers in order of appearance are Sean Rooney, Thomas Farnan Williams, Kia Hightower, Travis Guillory, John Burns, and Sam Briggs. 
Music and lyrics by Greg Stanridge and Brian Eads. Original story concept by Greg Stanridge and Brian Eads. Written by David Wilson Burns. Casting and direction by John Burns. Sound engineering by Brian Eads. Roy Dickinson on bass guitar and Michael McCarty on drums. This has been a Big Dumb Buildings production. 